Our scripture today comes from the Gospel according to John. So I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will. Turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And we'll begin at verse 12. John chapter 15. Beginning at verse 12. Where Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I've called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Tomorrow is a very special day. It's Memorial Day. And with Memorial Day, we pause to remember all those who died in service to their country, those who were willing to lay their lives down, lay their lives on the line for us to have the freedoms that we have today. Freedoms that, if we're not careful, we'll begin to take for granted. I remember when my son was deployed with the United States Army in Afghanistan. So I'd be riding down the road, sometimes you would see the sticker in the back of a car, and in the center of the sticker would be a gold star. I didn't always know what that meant before, but a gold star means this is a family that has lost a loved one in service to their country. They are gold star families. And every time I would see a car that had that gold star sticker on the back of it, I would pray for that family because I I worried, to be honest with you, would I have a gold star someday on my car? To think about a family and their willingness, to think about someone who's laying their lives on the line for the country, I hope that we'll pause somehow tomorrow and just remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice to remember families that when they gather together for a holiday, it's different now, but it provided the opportunity for us. About a year ago, I had the opportunity to go with a group to Washington, D.C. We were meeting with various church leaders and uh, learning from the churches, but we were there in the D.C. area. And and so on a free afternoon, I decided I wanted to kind of go off by myself and and walk that area in D.C. where the various memorials are. And I remember looking at the various war memorials and thinking about 
how many lives have been given for our country. And, and then we got to the Vietnam Wall, and I was, as I was walking this wall, I was amazed at how long it was. How long, and, and just names after name after name. And there were people there who were taking sketches, and I would watch as they would get the, the sketches of the names, and I'm wondering, is that a family member, or was that uh, someone who served with that person? Just looking at what the emotions people had as they were there at the wall and then to realize there were over 58,000 names. These folks gave a sacrifice. Sacrifice. They loved God and country enough to provide us the opportunity to worship our God today. Today, we are wrestling with the decision, when do we do online worship versus live worship? I'm just grateful to God we have the ability to have that conversation, to be able to worship our God. So we pause and we give thanks to those who love, and love is great enough to sacrifice. That's what Jesus is talking about in this scripture as well, is the fact that God so loved that God would be willing to sacrifice. Just earlier in that chapter, Jesus had been talking about the vine and the branches, that he was the vine, we are the branches, and how we abide in Christ and he abides in us, and that together we abide in love. God's love. Jesus is inviting us to an abiding love. And, and then Jesus says in verse 12, he said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now that's not a new phrase for Jesus, is that we love one another as Jesus has loved us. If you, if you look back to chapter 13 of the Gospel of John, verse 34, you see Jesus saying, I give you a new commandment. That you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. It's God's essence. That's who God is. God is love. And therefore, as the people of God, that's to be our essence. How do we love one another? 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved... Let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. It's the essence of God. It's to be our essence as the body of Christ, as the people of God. We are called to love, and Jesus loved us so much. We've had this beautiful cross before us now for weeks as we've been going through the Easter season because we were celebrating that God loved us so much that He would be willing to give His Son for us, that we might be forgiven, to sacrifice His child for us so that our sins could be removed, to be raised on the third day so that we might have everlasting life with God. We are loved. But then Jesus says, now you love others as I have loved you. That's the twist. What does it mean for us to love others in the same way 
that Jesus has loved us. We learn very clearly in the scripture that God's love for us is an unconditional love. Think about that. We tend to live in a world and a society where we feel like we have to earn everything. And that if we fail, then we are no longer significant or important. But what God, when God looks at us, what God feels is that His love for us is unconditional. I will love you regardless. God is saying to us, I will love you anyway. One of the things that we tried to share with our children as they were growing up, and even still today that we share with our kids, is there is absolutely nothing that you could ever do to keep me from loving you. You may do some things to break my heart. You may do some things to disappoint me. But there is nothing you could ever do that would keep you from being loved. Nothing you could ever do to keep me from loving you because you're part of me. You are part of me. And Jesus is looking at us and saying, I love you unconditionally. You are part of me. And I love the way that the scripture says in verse 16, remember this, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Think about that. I chose you. You are loved because God chose to love you. What an amazing gift. And what we see then is that that God's love for us is so great that He's able to forgive us when we have messed up because He loves us anyway. Look at some of the scripture. It's Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God proves His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, God didn't wait for us to get it right and then go, wow, now I really love these people. He loved us first. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 affirms that, where John writes, We love because He first loved us. It's a response to this amazing love that God has offered to us. But not only is God's love for us unconditional, I love you anyway, I love you regardless. It's a sacrificial love. That that takes it to a whole new level because before Jesus had said, I I want you to love others the way that I've loved you, but this time he makes sure we understand it. In, In chapter 15, which we just read, verse 13, Jesus said, no one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Wow. Amazing love that it takes to be able and to be willing to give your life for someone else. And our God so loved us, so loves you, that He was willing to sacrifice His Son for us. Greater love as no one in this. You, you couldn't be loved any more than you are by God. Jesus even said, 
back in John chapter 10, verse 17, he says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have chosen to do this. I love you enough to do this. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. And I've received this command from my Father. Sacrificial love is always inspiring when we see it. Uh, I've always been amazed when I see people that are willing to uh, donate an organ, a kidney, or, or some way that they've done something that they're willing to offer to someone that they love. And then once in a while you'll hear that story of someone who hears of a stranger and yet there's some connection that they're willing to give part of themselves to sacrifice themselves for others. Memorial Day, we think about those who are willing to sacrifice. See, selfish love takes care of number one. That's what we often hear. you got to take care of number one. But selfless love, sacrificial love, is love that's willing to put someone else first. And think of this. God loved us enough to put us first. 1 John 4.10, in this is love, not that we loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son then to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Or John chapter 3, verse 16, that famous scripture, for God so loved the world. And as anyone in this congregation knows, my favorite word in that verse is the word so, the little tiny word, so. It's not simply that God loved the world, but God so loved the world. So loves you, so loves me, that He gave His only begotten Son so that whosoever would believe in Him would never perish but have everlasting life. God is offering to us forgiveness. And God is offering to us grace. And He's offering us freedom because He loves us. And there is nothing like freedom from our sin. There is nothing like freedom from the things that have been holding us down from our guilt and our shame. So I have a confession to make to you. Over this period of time, as we've been going through the season... I've been a little bit bored at times in the evening, like, what are we going to do now? And so we actually began watching some different series of things on, you know, television that you can go back and now just kind of watch the whole season at one time. And we started watching Downton Abbey. It's a great show, and some people recommended that we might enjoy it since I had the privilege of going over and doing some study in Scotland and England, and so I was familiar with some of that area. And so we were told, you might want to watch this, and Nancy was able to join me in England at the end of our trip, so we decided, well, that's something we'll try. We'll give it a try, and we kind of got caught up with it. But in the show, one of the staff members is... um, a little cruel at times, always eavesdropping, trying to get something on someone else that he can hold over them and then use to manipulate them for his own advantage in some way. And, and one of the maids that's there in the big Downton Abbey estate, she has a past. 
she has a story that only this guy seemed to know, and so he was always holding it over, wanting her to do something, and if she hesitated, don't make me tell your story. You know that I know. And finally, someone else overheard him using her and didn't know what the story was, but said, you need to go to the lady of the house and just just confess. You just need to go tell your story. And she goes, but I may, I may lose my job. I may lose everything. And they said, you're going to, if he tells the story, you should be the one. So she goes and she shares with honesty and openness. Here's what happened and fully expects to be removed from the household. Instead, she is forgiven. And you sense the freedom that comes over her. And the next time this individual then tried to manipulate her or to use her story over her, she was set free from that. She was able to smile again. That's what God is looking for for us. He loves us so much that He just wants us to be able to share our story so that He can then reveal how much He loves us, can then offer us forgiveness and grace and set us free. To set us free. And God already knows our story. He's just looking for us to bring it to Him. Then Jesus looks at the disciples. You're to love one another. Greater love is no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Friends. And to make sure we get it, and the disciples get it, Jesus said, did you catch? I call you friends. That word is philos, the Greek word philos. It's where we get, for example, Philadelphia, which is you know, the city of brotherly love. It's that word that means friendship. And Jesus is saying, once, once we have this kind of love and we have a, a relationship now, we are now friends. We can share life together. We can be one together. I find it interesting that uh, when Jesus is resurrected and you know, after he had been among the disciples for a while, we have the scene where he's in Galilee and he comes up, on, he's on the shore, and the disciples come up with their fish, and they have breakfast together, and, and then Jesus pulls Peter aside. You might remember the story. We shared this just a couple of weeks ago. Jesus pulls Peter aside, and he asks him three times, do you love me? Peter goes, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. We're even told that he's offended and hurt. You know that I love you. But there's a little nuance. Scholars debate the significance of it. I just find it interesting that what Jesus says is, do you love me? And the Greek word is agape, that unconditional, sacrificial kind of love. Do you have agape for me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus asked him again, do you have agape? Do you love me? That unconditional, unmerited, sacrificial kind of love. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then the third time Jesus said, do you filia me? Are we friends? Wow. Are we brothers? 
are we, are we connected somehow? Do we have a relationship now? Our staff, we've been reading together this great little book by Henry Nowen. It's called In the Name of Jesus. It's a small little book, and uh, it, it just gives some great conversation and an opportunity to look deep inside of ourselves. And, and he talks about in our world today, he said, there's this deep current of despair in our world. He says, while efficiency and control are the great aspirations of our society, the loneliness isolation, lack of friendship and intimacy, broken relationships, boredom, feelings of emptiness and depression, and a deep sense of uselessness fills the hearts of millions of people in our success-oriented world. And he said, and the cry is, is there anybody who really just loves me? And Jesus wants us to see in the scripture that he just loves you. And then he wants us to just love one another. Because there is such a cry for it in our world. Mother Teresa, as many of you know, is is someone that I have deeply admired and loved to read and study. And Mother Teresa said, being unwanted unloved, uncared for, forgotten by everybody, I think that is a much greater hunger and a greater poverty than a person who has nothing to eat. Wow. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. That's what Jesus wanted us to hear. Greater love has no one than this than he who had laid down his life for his friends. You couldn't be loved more. You couldn't be loved more than God loves you. His love for you is unconditional, regardless, anyway. It is unlimited. It is sacrificial. And God wants to be in a relationship with us. N.T. Wright is a great biblical scholar, and he's a New Testament scholar. And and he was asked one time if he could choose his religion. Of all the religions, what religion would he choose? And he responded and shared that faith is not something that we find somewhere on a supermarket shelf. It's not that we go through and go, I think I will be this. No, I'm feeling more led to be that. He said, that's, that's not how we choose. That's, following Jesus, he said, it's not a religion. Catch that. Following Jesus is not a religion. He said, it is a personal relationship of love and loyalty to the one who has loved us more than we can begin to imagine. It is a personal relationship of love and loyalty to the one who has loved us more than we can begin to imagine. So Jesus wanted us to know you are so loved. Greater love is no one than this. And now, 
share that love because there are so many who do not feel it, who are in a deep sense of despair. And, and the good news is, is God loves each one of them as much as He loves us. He died for each one of them as much as He died for us. And, and the challenge that we have are the two commandments of loving God and loving our neighbor. And our call is to make sure we introduce the two to each other. To allow our neighbor to know 1 John 3, 16. We know love by this, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. In Genesis, we heard that we are created in the image of God. And in 1 John chapter 4, we hear God is love. So the image inside of each of us then is to be an image of love. It's the essence of God. It's to be the essence of the people of God. And remember that love always takes the first step. God chose us while we were yet sinners and offered that love. So for we, the church, the body of Christ, Christians, disciples, our task is not to wait for someone to choose to come to us but rather than in our love for others to take that first step and reach out to another and share that love of God and let them know you too are loved more than you could ever imagine. You could not be loved anymore. I'm here to tell you, God so loves you. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one is greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, there are many times that we do not feel loved. We get overwhelmed by the world, Despair can set in, especially in a time like this. And God, it is great to hear the news that you so love us, we could not be loved anymore. And that you loved us enough to be sacrificial, to become vulnerable, willing to die for us that we would be forgiven if we choose you as our Savior and Lord, and that you would rise again to offer us everlasting life if we only believe. And God, there are so many in our world around us, family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers, so many around us that are struggling today and hurting today and, and crying out, does anybody love me? And you are calling us to make sure they hear the news that you so loved them as much as you so love us. So help us to love one another as you have loved us. In the name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen.